five of them or eight of them. It's more than you oh, kind God. of think you okay, ought to hold take. Hold on, hold on. Listeners, we are not doctors. Do not take five Benadryl. Well, don't do it on our advice. Like go to a doctor and see, say, doctor, should I take five Benadryl and then jerk <laughs> off? And if they say yes, well, it's yeah, doctor's green light. advice. Right, I right, advise right. you to have that conversation with your doctor. Right. Uh, um, anyway, that's what these articles, and it's it's posted in multiple places online that people like this is apparently like a fairly well known huh. orgasm enhancer. Hello, and welcome to Your Mileage May Vary. We talk about sex and relationships with frankness that is often controversial, but mostly in good faith. I haven't had time to collate our usual list of spicy topics to chat about today, but I do know I want to talk about the slippery slope of ass eating. I am Keith. My co-host oh, is Mike. Okay, Mike, I have a new theory that I want to run by you. Are you ready for All right. this? Yes. Um, so I think you and I, I, I think you are somewhat uh, skeptical that my sexual encounters result in the female orgasming as much as I claim to claim that they claim. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, I'm not I'm not disputing necessarily what you say. I'm saying that I think that you in early sexual encounters like most men encounter women who fake orgasms okay. uh, to to make it look like they had more fun than they did. Correct. I I concede that may be the case. I I do not know. I oh, and I think know. it happens to me too. It, it has happened in my life too. Like I'm not saying it's unique to you in any right, way. Right, right, right. I'm not uniquely bad at sex. It's just that I think you're probably normal. Or you, you're actually probably better than normal. Me. I, I mean <laughs> no, you. I'm, I mean, how could you not be better than normal as a sex podcast co-host? That's right. I mean, we're yeah. we've done so much research on this topic. It's uh, true, actually. Everything there is to know, I know. Okay. Anyway, um, okay. Here's my theory. I think that women. I think because I am not as sex focused on early dates as most men are. By the time I actually get a woman into bed, she is more comfortable than the average woman is on her average first sexual encounter with a man. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that um, I think that's a really nice theory. The, the challenge I would see to that theory is, uh, so if, if you then follow that up by saying, and as part of that, I have spent platonically or like just holding hands and watching movies and going to museums with each woman more than 10 hours uh, mm -hmm. before we have sex or 20 or whatever, some number that's really high compared to what most men do. But I think then I would sort of agree with you. But I think that I, I think the reality is that like it's there's a quantity over quality or quantity may be more important here than in fact, I think it is more important than quality. So while you're basically arguing, look, mm. it's like, um, uh, I think about this sometimes when I'm like going to bed really late and I have to get up early. There was this comic book I read. It was a Batman when I was like in sixth grade. And in this Batman, Batman had learned how to like sleep really efficiently. He'd okay. like gone to some like mountain in the Himalayas <laughs> from a monk. He's like, yeah. I am the world's best sleeper. And he'd sleep like two hours and be. And so I will, yeah, I think you're thinking that you can do something like that with the time you spend platonically with these women that you're like, you're so effective that you comfort them. I mean, can I argue that it's just a matter of the difference between time I've spent versus you've spent? And so our, our own anecdotal subjective experiences, in my experience, it's possible that they're more comfortable than you and your average experience. I mean, I think my average experience is the same as yours, that the women seem to 
have a lot of fun early, early sexual <laughs> encounters, right? I mean, so I, I don't yeah. think I have any difference there. I just think that, I, I, so I think the right approach would be in terms of hours of platonic spending time together before you, the first purported orgasm by her, do you think your number of hours is higher or lower than the average guy with a woman? Well, I think it's lower. Of course it's lower, but that's because, yeah. you know, I'm it's a like, coastal elite and okay. the sort of sexual norms and speed at which things develop is like massively accelerated versus, okay. you know, some place I mean, like, just like middle if you, America if you, if you, or another country. If you take your ego off the table, which is, or Good both of us take our egos off the table, <laughs> I just think the reality is if you did like a correlation between quantity and quality here, I think quantity is going to be the... In these types oh. of situations, in my life, quantity, like the more observable, measurable quantity tends to be the right one. And like okay. m some squishy notion of quality, I don't know. So like, yeah, I you think the think most- You don't think I'm better at making women comfortable with me than the average man? Well, even if I am, you think it doesn't matter? I think it's going to be not in a rounding error, but it's going to matter- it's going to matter less than quantity. And since you've admitted your quantity is almost certainly lower, like the situation where I would go the opposite way is if you said something like, look, I had this woman, we were really hyper attracted to each other, but we like held off for a month and we hung out again and again, or like you're young or whatever. So you're not sure or whatever. Then, yeah. I mean, I think the woman could just have an explosive orgasm on the first sexual encounter because she's so pent up and excited for you. But that's right. That's a matter of quantity. Then it's going the opposite direction. If that was your MO. I just feel like there's probably big differences in male uh, behavior leading up to a first sexual encounter. I bet some men are more alpha and more dominant or more more coercive than I am. And so women end up in bed maybe before they're absolutely comfortable doing so. And I think I am less coercive. And I wonder if that could make a big difference. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would argue it could, uh, I, but I don't think it does. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, unfortunately, yeah, I just diametrically disagree on this one. I think that, um, first of all, I think that being less alpha is probably somewhat negative actually, like if the woman's really into you, being more alpha is probably better just because it's going to turn her on more, just like a more attractive woman will turn a guy on yeah. more. Yeah. I consider and, that as I was saying it. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, so then it's just, and then you're saying, oh, she's really comfortable. And it's like, look, I think no, I think essentially no woman really wants to have sex. I know I would get, I'll get feedback on this because women will say, oh, well, sometimes we're just horny. And it's like, okay, that's true. But like, I mean, if they're out seeking a relationship, no woman wants to have sex with a guy on the second date. That's not what they, 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 she's doing it because she's like, oh, this guy's cool. And if I don't do this, he's going to dump me. He's going to ghost me, which is actually a, yeah, probably, but you know, they would never risk. get that impression from me because I don't coerce well, at all. Like there's just, I mean, you're right that I they're, they're saddled by their, what they think the cultural norms are and what they think I might yes. expect. But yes. I think that most men uh, you know, you know, we're in the cr Christmas season here. What's that song where uh, it, it's like it's been like mildly canceled? What all I want from you is cr for Christmas is you. Or no, no, not the last Christmas with uh, George Michael. No, the one where it's like a couple standing by the door and he's like trying. Oh, baby, it's cold outside. Oh, sure, and it's like he and what's he and doing? he's threatening like, to throw her out if they don't have sex or something. Yeah, I mean that's not. That's good. <laughs> I mean that's the that's the reputation that song has apparently. If you look at it through like the 50s or 60s lens, it's more like playful banter and 
their sort of ideating excuses that they might use to tell their friends. And it seems like she did actually really want to stay there. And it wasn't Uh actually him being coercive. But the reason why I brought it up is I think some men behave like that man uh, sort of stereotypically or reputationally is being accused of acting, which is they sort of apply the full court press to try to get the woman uh, into bed. Yes, that's worse. Yes. If if the woman, if yes, if, if the woman feels like, she, but the thing is that in, I think in a lot of, I mean, I it's sort of complicated here than you imagine. Obviously if she's being raped, you know, that she's you know going to be less likely to orgasm. And then there's like, you know, this sort of like heavily coercive thing where like, you know, she feels like she has to, but, but then there's like, but, but then before those two things, there's this like sort of areas of gray that I, that I'm arguing <laughs> like, like matter. how much this matters to you. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. It's like, look, I'm sorry. I just, yeah. I just think that, I think that if you get women willing to talk <laughs> candidly about this, they'll just be like, yeah, I mean, like women are outdating men because they want to have a relationship and they can't know that after only having spent like three hours with you, half of, or more of which have been drunk. Yeah, and but like, I don't... Why, why do you think they have to be drunk to have sex with have sex on say the second or third date, which is very common, right? It's alcohol is very helpful there for sure. Why, yes. why, why, why is that necessary? It isn't necessary for the guy. In fact, it's negative for the guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, you're right. Okay. I just, I mean, I often, I mean, my relationships, relationships, my, my dating adventures leading to sex often go more than one or two or three dates. No, I understand that. And, 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 and as the time, as the number, this is my, like, I just think that there's some straightforward, like probably relatively linear correlation you could do like a little scatter plot between how many hours you've spent together and probability for orgasm. And I think it's like asymptotic to 90% or something. There's some 80%. There's some percentage of women who aren't going to orgasm, but like, yeah, it goes up to that. But when you've only spent three hours together, you're really not in a good spot in the scatter plot, in my opinion. And so it's okay. like, I just don't know what you would do in those three hours. It's a little bit like, it's you know what it's a little bit like? It's a little bit like, so when uh, I was in Las Vegas last week and they have, uh, uh, I was there with my wife and she threatened for us to go to this place that she went long ago with some female friends, which is like a male strip club. We did not go. Oh, the uh, I probably should have rumble in um, the jungle. No, no, that's not what it is. It's called, yeah, I uh, think that's it's, the thunder yeah, from it's, down under. That's what yes, it's and it's in uh, the Excalibur, Excalibur Casino. Yes, and um, th- like so, <laughs> no woman finds <laughs> that arousing, right? Because she doesn't know the guys. Whereas if you flip it and you make it a guy going to the women's one, I mean, this is just basic stuff. But like, and it's like a sal- supply and demand curve in economics, right? They cross at some point where, like, the price, which is the amount of time you spent together. Is uh, is the right amount, but but actually for the guy, his interest might decline with time, and the woman's increase increases, and the curves look have certain dimensions to them. But like, I mean, ideally for the guy, the curve would actually go up. He like her more when he spends time with her. But I, I don't know. For a lot of guys, like the notion of fucking someone, you know, five minutes after you meet them is kind of hot. So in yeah. some ways, because that implies why why is that hot? It's because it implies like she's ravenously excited for you which is the thing right. guys want even though it doesn't exist unless right. you're like a celebrity anyway yeah when a bachelorette party do bachelorette parties ever have like a stripper come to an apartment is, is that a thing do male strippers go to bachelorette parties I, I think i've seen that in a movie but wouldn't women be like a little bit afraid of like inviting a, a big strapping man into their space without knowing that? well i mean it's in an, in an overtly data. sexual context you're gonna have data 
so you know like who the guy is and all this stuff. Yeah. Like, it's not that would be if if you're a man, that would not be the right way to be a rapist. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it's not. not. Yeah, it's Keep a really a stupid Yelp way to review. Do it. <laughs> so yes, I mean, there's some risk, but uh, yeah, but but importantly, like for the most part, this is viewed as like kind of a comedy routine. And so I was sort of like going to the thunder from down under. It's like for me, for for my wife, it would just be funny, and for other women, and for me, it would be like just. I think it's boring. Uh, well, maybe, and maybe like it might like give me a little PTSD or something. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want a bunch of dudes. I don't know what happens, but I don't want, I'm worried about erect cocks and semen and stuff like that. I'm not sure how far it I goes. I don't think it goes. There. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's not sure. In a fairly family friendly thing. I mean, there might be places off the strip where you could find that, but I don't think the thunder from down under is family friendly. No, it's not, but it's just okay. going to be guys in G strings and, you know, yeah. going around and, you know, Going up to some like, line, but not going over it because if you're the dude that's there, are they going to assume you're gay? Like, how does know. that work? Yeah, see, I went to. Uh, yeah. Do you know what Asia SF is? I don't know if I want to tell the story. Uh, it's. On the uh, pod, but... I, th- I think you might have told it before. It's about it's it's transsexuals, right? It's uh it's trans yeah. women or wh- trans women or women. It's, or it's mostly post-op trans women. Um, and yeah, I went there <laughs> years ago with my my cousin. Used to be a. Uh, uh, the head concierge at an expensive hotel in San Francisco. So we'd get comped things all the time. And so we got comped an evening at Asia SF and it's a restaurant where all the service people are, are uh, trans women. And I was there with my uncle and my grandmother and yeah, one of the waitresses slash dancers hauled me up and like was dancing with me probably because I looked like the most, you know, embarrassed uh, to be there. Like I looked at you. Oh, know, I thought you were going to say something else. Almost like um, but yeah, you know, okay. she like smashed my face between her breasts. And I think my grandmother, uh, she's since died, but I don't think she ever really f- completely figured out that these were trans women. <laughs> I'm not hmm. sure. Good on you for, get, for using that pronoun for that person. Uh, did you know, by the way, that uh, there is a, I just learned this yesterday, that there mm-hmm. is a... Um, an anatomical structure present in the breasts of women that men do not have. And the reason I, you may say, well, that's obvious, but you know, if, if men, if you give men female hormones, they grow breasts. Yeah. And they lactate, right? I'm not sure about that. I think, I think men can lactate. Yeah. Yeah. But there is a structure in there called Cooper's ligaments and Cooper's ligaments are, I didn't know this, are ligaments that basically suspend your breast, not your, you know, musculature, but the actual breast, like the, the fat, the fat. Of us, they're only in women from your clavicle. So your collarbone, more or less. I'm, I'm sure it's more complicated than that. And an, an anatomist can come in and correct me exactly, but it's this structure and it's basically responsible for why women's breasts are sort of teardrop shaped and not like mm-hmm. they don't just point downward or like yeah. do what belly fat would do. Uh, anyway, I thought that was interesting because this is an example of a structure that simply does not exist in men. So if you Presumably, if you give men female hormones while they will grow breast tissue, they don't have Cooper's ligaments. And so <laughs> the breasts aren't going to look so good. And so then, you know, you wind up having implants. I just didn't know about this whole um, domain area. And, and and it's another one of these. Uh, yeah, I mean, like there are real anatomical differences between men and women. I guess that's obvious, though. Mm-hmm. So just another one. Right. Um, uh, we should move on to a couple of these other... Topics. Yeah, can I talk about? Can we do this ass eating thing first, just before we get okay. into 
your stuff because I, I teased it in the intro. All right. Do it. This person says, I ate my first arse, and it's all I can think about. It must be from the United Kingdom. So we yes. spiced things up a little yesterday, and I ate my girl's arse for the first time. She was wearing a sexy little black thong, bent over, ready for me to feast away. I was throbbing just looking at her bent over and waving in her panties. It felt a little weird at first, but once we got into it, it was great. It's something I've always wanted to do, and it was great. She loved it. I loved it. But it's all I can think about today, and I really want to know how it feels. I put a little plug in sometimes for solo fun and really enjoy the feeling. Is this a start of an addiction to bums? Now, His own bum, though, is what he means. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I draw like a fairly... I'm not into ass eating. I could imagine uh, in like the throes of like complete arousal uh, being convinced to lick someone's asshole sure. if that if they really wanted that. Like That's I could right. suppress my my standard disgust en- enough uh, to do yeah. that. I might even find it mildly compelling, but I d- I think the taste would be I, d- I don't want to try. I'm not I haven't tried. I'm not I'm but I can conceptually imagine it. But I've always drawn like a really thick line between that and my own ass play. But I, the reason why I brought this up was I wanted to ask you, do you think there's some sort of connection between enjoying ass eating and being like ass penetration curious? Not really. I think I, I'm not sure what's going on with this guy. I mean, I think that's just that she had fun and now he's like jealous and he's like, well, maybe. And, and maybe it was kind of a Trojan horse of like, well, let's do this this ass thing on her because he actually deep down wanted to do this other thing on him. Hmm. I'm not, I'm not totally, I, I, so I don't think there's a connection. I think okay. like he's, right. I didn't either. Something I, here. I was wondering if you would come up with some tentacles. The, yeah. And, and in terms of the disgust thing, there's, there's, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that, I think that doing these things is fine until you encounter something that your body naturally has like revulsion to. So poop, would be an example. I also think I've Mike, always thought. How do you separate the poop from the ass eating? Like I just. Oh, if it's super clean, if it was like super clean. So that way, like it was not, it felt like it was just this contiguous piece of skin. And so like it wasn't, I mean, look, taking it to its absolute and that relates to a topic we have coming up here. Uh, the absolute furthest would be like a sex doll. I mean, like you're not going to care. Of course, why would you be giving oral to a sex doll? But like, you're not going to care if you move the vagina to the anus of the sex doll because sure. it's all just vinyl or whatever. Or what I don't know what it's made of. Mm-hmm. Um, so as long as it's like that. But the 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 example I wanted to give, I always get grossed out by deep throat porn or like porn where, yeah, like deep throat porn where the woman starts sort of vomiting. Because I think to myself, won't you like smell a bile basically? Like, I mean, vomiting yeah. is really not great because of the smell. Like, so I always think like, how, how do they, and, and I actually think it would, I mean, curiously be harder to prevent that than poop. Like you can give somebody kind of a really serious enema, but I'm not sure you can like eliminate all the stomach yeah. acid, listerine so or whatever, deep throat. Yeah. So it's like, look, when I see those videos, I always think, oh, this must be revolting for the guy. They're just, or for both of them. I mean, of course for the woman, but they're just doing it for the camera. Like who could ever want yeah. to smell that? Yeah. And so I just think I, when you get like a pungent odor like that, it, there's no way your disgust reflex. You're going to switch back to disgust mode, I think. Yeah. I mean, I've occasionally gone down on a woman that, you know, Uh-oh. Has, hasn't, you know, maybe it's been a long day, uh, mm. you know, they're not as clean. Are we as talking about like urine smell or something more fecal? Do we want to double click on this? I mean, we can. No, probably yeah. not. 
I mean, look, just sometimes yeah. throughout the course of the day, things happen and it's not great. No, I mean, yeah, like I get down there and it's like, I don't, I'm not sure I can. I think there's, I think there is a set of programming in your brain that is deeper than the sex disgust stuff. And I think that really bad smells, I mean, anything, you know, if you're having sex and, oh no, we're going to fall off a cliff and all and, and die. I mean, there are things where I think you're, you would just immediately lose arousal. And I think like right. bile, poop. Yeah, these are things where that's not going to work, and so I think I just think it has to be immaculately clean, so and I don't I agree. really get. Like, yeah. I I strongly agree with your your uh, theory here. I just think that ass eating almost always runs a pretty substantial risk of involving a little bit of poop. I actually think it's. <clears throat> I've thought that it's riskier. This <laughs> is what I thought. I'm sorry, listeners. Oh, I thought no. it's riskier actually to ass eat a woman than a man. And the reason why is because, because men tend to have a little more hair in that area. Yeah. When I think men can be, I th- it makes intellectual sense to me that men might be more aware of like the cleanliness status after they use the restroom than a woman might be because a woman can sort of wipe it all off. But the man might be like, yeah, I need to like use some soap here or something like the guy might. Whereas a woman, it's like, if you take off all the hair, it's like, it's going to seem like the toilet paper works pretty well, but you see it doesn't actually. Do you have any intuition on how many (laughs) women have asshole hair versus like what percentage of men have asshole hair versus what percentage of women? My intuition is it's much higher for men, but that's coming from like porn and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's, it's, I mean, you almost never see asshole hair in porn. And then when you do see it, it's, it's a little bit jarring, but surely yeah it it happens much more often in quote unquote real life i think that um, my intuition here mostly come i guess actually my main intuition here comes from the fact that i'm not a very hairy person and yet i think i have a relatively normal male situation back there and my experience with women is that their situation is not is much significantly less hairy than mine same. so i'm like huh yeah yeah that's so, that's my so i do think there's like a substantial well. delta which is the thing that gives me this concern about female hygiene there because I, oh, there's another thing, which is I remember being a child and having no hair there and it was much easier to wipe my ass. <laughs> and I think back and I'm like, yeah, that probably wasn't as clean as I thought it was. Anyway, we should yeah, but, stop. Yeah, we should stop. But yeah, like a man <laughs> over the course of the day, even if he's like assiduously wiping himself carefully is, you know, like there's just going to be particles. Okay, let's move on. You're uh, aware. You had- you're, a, you're more aware because of the hair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But there's only so much you could do without a shower. Exactly. Okay, let's exactly. let's thankfully move on here. Okay, you had some things you wanted to discuss. Yeah, today. so there was a there was a posting online. Uh, it was a, it was a really nerdy posting, but I I wanted to bring it up with you. It was about a video game this guy plays, and he was talking about you know what it takes to get into the 95th percentile. Some video game. I don't want to talk about the video game, but like get to the 95th percentile of this game requires some amount of skill. And his point was that even people at the 95th percentile of this skill level because he's done some really nerdy analysis of this by watching videos, even people at the 95th percentile, and you can tell that from a leaderboard, make really characteristic mistakes. So his example from the video game is like, there's this one item you're supposed to stand on top of instead of next to, and people at the 95th percentile will still stand next to it and not on top of it. So basic mistakes. And it made me, so in his point was like, look, there's a huge difference between 95th percentile and 99% or 99.9th percentile. And this is certainly true for things that are like IQ oriented, like the SAT test or things like that. Like there, there really are. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately there's the 50th percentile, but like, even when you get to 95, like there's a lot more work you can do and it's true with games. I wanted to see if you have a take on this relating, relating to 
dating and kind of being effective in interacting with women because yeah, I mean, do you think that there are obvious mistakes that even guys that are pretty effective that are sort of almost in like the sort of Chad level to use the uh, taxonomy of an incel guys that are pretty successful? Do you think there's still like equivalents for them of standing next to the thing instead of on top of it that they do with women? Just obvious things that you see other guys that are pretty successful do, and you're like, what's wrong with you? And you, you know. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt that you're like a 99th percent player. If, if you don't think you are, then maybe it's not an interesting topic. Uh, <laughs> no, I think you are. I think you are. I think you've thought about it a lot more. So yeah. you've like made more of a practice of it. And I just suspect you've heard stories or I talked to people and seen things that are just dumbass things, but they're still effective guys. I have a anecdote that might pertain yeah, okay. to this. I'm sort of seeing a girl who's like very, very, very attractive. We've mm. never really, we've never hooked up. Um, we've kissed, but it hasn't gone beyond that. And so how uh, many hours platonically have you spent together? We, we've, we've had three or four dates, I think. So like, but it's been, it's been over the course of months. It's, 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 it's yeah. But, oh, oh, yeah. so I want to say something, Keith, just to really quickly. Okay. I and actually think that helps, side. that helps with the orgasm thing too. If, if I was going to, if you were going to ask me what the second variable is, variable one is how many hours you spent non-platonically uh, together. Variable mm -hmm. two would be how long between the first meeting and the sex and the orgasm, purported orgasm, just in terms of calendar time, because I think that creates like the fantasy life in the woman's head. So this woman might, you might be able to give her a real orgasm. Oh boy. Something for her to potentially look forward to. Uh, yeah. And yeah. She texted me the other day and she said she went on a date hmm. and I think- Oh, that's bad. Well- <laughs> Okay. I think she's annoyed that I'm not pursuing her. So that might've been an attempt to make me- jealous okay. or something i'm not sure okay well this but, um, is this is in the 99 to 95th yeah, player thing yeah. so i want to hear uh, your i asked her about know. it and she said like well it was going well but then he uh we started talking about white privilege and she didn't uh -oh. like what, what he had to say about that and i think sort of canceled himself um so she's non-white i take it or uh it, it's not it doesn't important. matter okay um the reason why I bring that up is I think men of basically all levels of game really struggle not to like mansplain things. Like they really struggle not to do like generic sort of annoying male tropes. So like mansplaining mm -hmm. or talking over them or not asking any questions or sort of not reading the room properly. Like if you can just eliminate the obvious things like don't complain to the like the waiter at all like just be absolutely charming to the waiter even if they mess up hmm. your drink like don't like it doesn't matter on that night um don't ever let her pay like just take it graciously don't like ever be weird about like paying on the first few dates um don't this just sounds like an anti-george costanza playbook but go on yeah <laughs> well don't try to like, just don't do your like pro Palestine or pro Israel rant. Like just <laughs> keep it to yourself. Like keep your elbows in and don't, I, I just think that like men in particular just can't, yeah, they'll like fumble the ball at the, at the one yard line. They just can't. As like a 60% player here, my question to you though is like, or whatever percent I might be, what, so the, the pro Israel, pro Palestine, whichever side you are, what, what about the, I mean, aren't you running a risk of her just being like, God, you're boring. Like you're just, you, you're just so neutral. 
Like, can't yeah, don't you have to have I mean, something if, that you're passionate if about? If there's one skill that I have, and I don't know where this puts me percentile wise, but it's that I can read the person and figure out what it is they want to hear. So, if we're talking about homelessness in San Francisco, you don't know like what the person is. They might be like super progressive and be one of those people that think we need to be. Uh, you know, handing out what's the, the anti if somebody's ODing on fentanyl, the drug that you can like give them so that they don't die. Maxwell's silver hammer. No, no, oh, no. You want to keep them alive. Sorry. <laughs> uh, mm, I can't remember. Nar- I don't think about nar- it. Nar- 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 Narcan. Nar- whatever. There's some drug that's been like, I think you're right. I think it's Narcan. That was good. Yeah. People are, yeah. uh, it's been legalized now and there's discussion about whether it should be in first aid kits and if you don't have it in your first aid kit, is there liability? Or if you do have it in your first aid kit and somebody gives it, when you give this to people who are ODing on fentanyl, they can like spring to attention and like actually be a little bit violent. And so if you do have liability for not giving it, and what if somebody gets hurt when they do give it? And there's all, all kinds right. of discussion around this. But like, so the, the most progressive people will be like, look, like everyone should carry around Narcan in their purse in case they encounter like a homeless person that's, that's ODing. And then there's people that, you know, are like, oh, we should incinerate. Okay. You know, I don't like climbing over homeless people. We should just incinerate them. And where people fall. I don't think anyone says that, but go on. (laughs) Where people fall (laughs) on that spectrum, uh, really, you know, and they might feel like, you know, really powerfully about it. You know, like some people are like, oh, I can't believe all the shoplifting in San Francisco. And it's like, okay, well, you can't believe it because you think that we're not tough enough on crime or you can't believe it because you think we're too tough on crime. Like where... And so I think I'm pretty good at like reading a person and both sizing things until I can figure out what it is they want to hear. And then I can. But like do you wriggle. then agree with them or like how? Because you obviously do have points of view. Uh, we don't have to get into them, but you have points of view. So how do you how do you it, it, or maybe uh, let me try to not devil's advocate, but like Keith advocate here. Is mm-hmm. it is it that your goal is just to appear nuanced and complex? So like, it's I, like your point in which your points of view probably are. They're not simplistic. Yeah. Hopefully. I, I enjoy trying to show that I understand an issue and can understand, you know, either side, but, but mostly hew toward whatever the person wants to hear. And then um, later, after I do this on my, been on more dates, you, you tell them the truth or something. Well, yeah, or? eventually. Yeah. And then, okay. When, what you do this on what now? Uh, I was going to say, I do this when I travel too. Uh, you know, you go to a lot of places and people will be like, oh man, San Francisco, what's it like there? And then, you know, I try to lay out, uh, you know, most people think that San Francisco is a lawless hellhole with, you know, drug addicts and homeless people everywhere. Um, and I what is- try to sort of walk them toward a more nuanced view of what's going on here. What do you think the failure mode, the most common failure mode, a guy who who is at the 95th percentile but fails this, which this sounds plausible to me as a thing. I actually think it's a plausible thing that a guy would be failing on at that level. What yeah, what would he what would what would his experience be? So so he's he's not doing this. He's like taking positions on things. He's not reading the room as well. He's yeah. maybe being snippy with the waiter, maybe being like George Costanza. Like what's going to happen? Um I don't know. There's this bar next to my house that I like to go to and people watch. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll go with my book and it's really good at like a Tuesday or Wednesday at 8 p.m. because everyone's on first dates. And okay. I mean, you watch these men and it's a nice bar. So, you know, the, the men here are probably objectively catches 
now whether they subjectively are, I, I guess, what we're discussing here. But they'll they'll try to discuss crypto, or they'll they'll name drop like mm. some VC they met with, and like I understand that like those are impressive things to them, and they're they're trying to be impressive, but I think men should just. <laughs> Try to be interested in the woman and ask her questions. And if she asks things back, you can, you know, say a little, but like modesty goes a long way. Um, and if you can seem like you have more to say, but don't necessarily say it, I think that can be intriguing to women. And women, in but my what's experience, the, generally like what to do talk. You, what's the failure mode that you see if the guy said, I mean, I think that, I think that name dropping people is below a 95% tactic, sure, percentile sure. tactic. In my opinion, it's like now I think we're dropping to like the 75th percentile area. But yeah. what would you see happen? The woman just her, her face drops. She starts looking around the room. She just doesn't stop. Maybe she's not talking. Yeah. Is that what pulling you're her, pulling her phone out? Uh, yeah, oh like, gosh, that's yeah. I, I think if you could somehow measure the uh, amount of talking that the man did versus the amount of talking the woman did, you, you want it to be something like 70, 30, the woman. Uh, mm, that, that's yeah. probably what you want to be aiming for. And, you know, your 30 needs to be decent, um, but mostly, you know, you should be asking her. Um, and I doubt a lot of men are achieving that. It's really hard for men not to try to dominate conversations. There should be an app for that. You got to like a thing on your phone yeah. that like records your date and then like just just uh, does the male versus female tonalities and, and tells you how your, your scores or on your watch. Would that work? Can um, does the Amazon uh, transcription service does it? Uh, can it tell tonality? For sure. Yeah. I mean, it can and it can it can differentiate voices. And I mean, you don't have to use the Amazon one. There's a number of them. But but uh, you, um, uh, of course, uh, if you ask it to tell you the gender, you might have some trouble because, as I learned at the Amazon conference in Las Vegas, there are literally thousands of genders. So you have to be careful about that. So if you were okay. like, would tell me which one's the woman, like, I'm not sure about, but the thing is you could say, hey, pick me out and it could tell you who you are versus okay. someone else. Well, and you can identify yourself and then, you know, the only other person talking is, is her or them. So there's no, it'd be actually a fantastic app, like a first date score. I really? Huh? Yeah. All right. Listen, like a guy could just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, go to Y Combinator with that one. Um, okay. All right. All right. Well, I've, I've got a couple Let's other things here. In. Yeah, let's go. Yes. Um, so, so we told, I, I got another one, but I, we got to move on because we're <laughs> going to run out of time here. We told, uh, somebody sent us two different things. We got some sex stuff here and we'll put it on in the show notes. So I put a couple of links into our spreadsheet here. Mm -hmm. Um, the first one, there's two links here. One, one is for a site on HX doll and the other one was on fav, fav doll.com. Okay. I'll put these in the show notes. But let's go to the HX doll one. Do you see the link? Right. It's loading. Yeah. Oh, actually, that's sorry. That's just go to hxdoll.com. And oh, okay. so, yeah, remove the path. Yeah, stuff. I got but it. you'll see, got you'll see there's a link to male sex dolls. Huh. Okay. This is the one I want to talk too about. Bad. I like, I like these female ones, but okay. All right. Okay, male sex dolls. I, I click shop. Yeah, click on that. Yeah. All go right. ahead and click on that. And, and notice what you see here. Now, <laughs> let me. I'll describe what we see here. So these are, I mean, everybody's probably familiar with a real doll, which is basically a female sex doll that I assume is, you know, life size, um, that has a prosthetic or whatever vagina that you can fuck. Mm -hmm. These are the equivalent, but it's a man Yeah. and they have, well, some of them have flaccid penises. Some of them have erect penises. And this is where I was getting hung up. Um, and what, 
What is the purpose in your mind of one of these sex dolls that's a man with an erect penis? Like, how would anyone ever use this? I'm looking Some at of them have uh, pretty large penises too. I'm looking at Dominic, which is I think the fourth l- line down. That's a great example. Yes. Right. Yes. All right. I could see mm-hmm. a woman uh, putting, laying him down on the bed, and then she climbs on top of him and use. Now, does the penis? Can you change the angle of it? It does appear. Potent- Let's just assume you can. And it also is, you can get different sizes. You can get 15 or 25 centimeters, which 25 centimeters is around 10 inches. So that's a, okay. Anyway. So yes, you can, let's say you can change the angle. Yeah. I do guess. Do you really think there are women who have ever done that? Who like <laughs> ride a male doll like this? I, it seems, it seems uh, dubious. I don't know. I don't think so. Also, is this chest okay. hair real? What is... Yeah, he's got a little. They somehow actually like stuck individual hairs into his chest to Dominic make it is so it looks like two thousand dollars. A two thousand dollars sex doll. I mean, is is but in all seriousness, do you think that the target audience of this is gay men? Oh, because I don't. Would, yeah, maybe. Yeah. And and there's and I think the only way uh, anybody could use this would be to sit on top of it. In other words. You're not going to be able to take the male sex doll and have it on top of you fucking. Yeah. yeah, you would need like some sort of machine to move it for you. Right. I mean, like maybe someday you'll have like something with ChatGPT in its brain and C3PO running its uh-huh. uh, motors and then it can actually fuck you. Even that I don't think a woman would be interested in. A man might be. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is, you're as perplexed by this as I am. I mean, we'll, these people reached out to us for a link and they linked back to our show. We'll give them a link, but I, I, I don't I don't understand the point of their products exactly. I mean um, they probably know, like their sales department knows. You know, they can see the mailing address that the names on the mailing addresses of their customers. Yeah. I just can't believe they yeah, I mean I, I think if I were selling this product for men, now obviously the female sex dolls is totally maybe different, but for the men ones, I've got to think you're talking about joke gifts although two thousand dollars a lot yeah i was gonna say i was yeah my first thought when i said you could look at the addresses is yeah well that might be obfuscated by people doing this to troll someone but would somebody spend two thousand dollars to troll someone yeah Um, i mean you'd have to be pretty pretty well off to do that also for thirteen thousand dollars you can get a fully customized uh doll so presumably you can make it look like your ex-boyfriend you could you could maybe get a trans doll that has either a hermaphrodite with both a penis and it could fuck itself or something. I mean, you could like, maybe you could create some kind of alien. Oh, here's one with like an actual horse head. So maybe that's, you're actually scrolled that far down. <laughs> yeah. Didn't make it to the horse head, huh? Yeah. Well, uh, well, okay. People can all check right, this so, out. Yeah. All okay. right. So that's uh hxdoll.com. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's move on to this other thing. So, There's HX and there's another one, but I'll include them in the show notes. Okay. So we also got sent, well, I got it, a a cock ring and I'm not, we, they wanted to talk to us, but then they just stopped. Actually, I stopped replying to them and they didn't, whatever. Uh, But they did send me this like hundred dollar device and I can Mm -hmm. show it to you. It's a cock ring that is supposed to measure the firmness of your erection while masturbating or um, having sex. And it's a ring- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a ring. It, it Bluetooth connects to your phone and it's got a ring that goes around your nuts and uh-huh. then sort of, so one, it's a, it's a ring that's maybe 
it's, it's, it's rubbery and it's maybe, um, two inches across. Mm-hmm. And then it has a component that's got kind of a hook on it that you can attach around your nuts. And so that way, one side of the ring is below your nuts and one side of it's above your nuts, but they're both kind of hugging the shaft of your cock, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, like there's it's it's and so the, the net result of it is it, it creates a tighter, a relatively tight interface around there. And then there's this part that's pushed against the top the part of or the, the, the shaft, basically, that is supposed to yep. measure your erection. And you also can wear it while sleeping. So I tried this thing while sleeping and mm-hmm. it woke me up at 4 a.m. <laughs> Because when I, I think when I was sleeping, I got an erection according to the uh-huh. app and it, my erection, maybe it's because my penis is so large, probably, uh-huh. uh, it became painful. So I had to take it off. I actually woke up in pain and I was sort of like, fuck, like, is this thing yeah. going to destroy my penis? Right. So then I used it masturbating and it failed to, it gave me a very high score for my erection while masturbating. And I would say this ring thing makes your erection firmer. It does. Oh yeah. I've um, worn a cock ring before. All right. Like this, like a rubbery one or a solid one? No, uh, they're always they all they always have a little bit of give. Um, actually, that's not true. The ones I've used always have had a little bit of give. What what happened to the one you had? Did you throw it away, or like do you still have it? I still have it. Okay, is it is it? it does it Bluetooth connect to your phone and measure your erection <laughs> no, firmness? Okay, good. So this <laughs> no, one's better. What I had was like a dollar. Yeah, this uh, yeah this one's much more expensive, and then. Uh, I'm not going to say the name of it because they didn't, I don't know. Like, oh, and I'm not hundred percent. I, I don't know. We didn't Wait, like, we stopped talking to them. How but, does it, how does it measure rigidity? Well, I think there's just a sensor in it that measures that is pushed against your shaft while it's uh-huh. got that rubber band thing uh-huh. going on. It's like this little bump here. And I think that it just sort of measures pressure. I don't, I can't uh, imagine there being enough of a meaningful, maybe there is. I mean, you'll have to use it. A bunch of times and like one time, you know, one I time, don't think that's try like happen. four, four shots of whiskey before you do it so that you're a little bit softer than. Oh, it can definitely tell the erection and then the erection going away. I know that because when do I you get a real time score, no, but it, it, yeah, it's a little crappy the way it works. It uploads it to the app afterward, but it definitely had the timing of the orgasm. Correct. <laughs> and then it... like very, it was like, it had a nice like increase. It made sense. Of course they could have hacked it to just appear to make sense but i think it did make sense like it had an increase in hardness and then a very quick decrease at a key moment um i also used it sharing that graph with me you know we don't have to share it with the listeners but i'd just be curious and seeing to see the graph yeah i'll pull it up here while we're talking so i also used it in piv during a piv situation but the problem is that have (laughs) you used a clock ring during yeah have you used one of these things during piv i have yeah okay so the problem that i was reported not by me was that the it basically prevents you from fully penetrating. Right. Yeah. That's um, not an issue with a, with a ring. Oh, I mean, this is because it has this thicker thing that sits against your shaft. Right. Yeah. So here's the, my erectile performance. Uh, huh. So you see it has, I went up to a 10 there, yeah. which I'm <laughs> pretty proud of. Yeah. And then you see the quick decline. Uh-huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Cool. So, um, uh, yeah, it also had, I mean, it had various issues. Like it didn't always upload. The, I mean, there's just various technical issues. Like you think <laughs> it's so simple that you'd think they would get it right. Anyway, I want to try. Do, I want to yeah. try, but uh, yeah, I have two concerns. One, I don't really like going second. I don't, I, I mean, I guess. We well, I can tell it. you then. I mean, you can buy one of your own. You, you don't want clean this it with one, a, I assume. That's clean gross. it with alcohol. I don't. Yeah, think. I, don't, I don't think I want to use yours. If you want it, you can have it. I don't yeah. actually want it. Uh, it's, it wasn't you. that impressive, but. If I, were, if I were, 
Go yeah, ahead. if I were you, I would refuse to use it. But go ahead, yeah. <laughs> Why? What did you do to it? Just yeah, I don't want something just, that's there's no way to wrap it around. Yeah, yeah, it's been wrapped around someone else's nuts. Like I mean, my hand's been wrapped around my nuts, and I've shaken your hand. So that's a good know. point. Should should you care? Well, look, you can decide for yourself. I don't care. <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll put some more thought to this. But yeah, then the I other thing I don't know if is, I like the idea of you having it either, but okay, go on. <laughs> the other thing is, what if I only get like, you know, a nine erection and, and you got a 10? And like, of course, you're going to demand to see my graph. And like, mm. I'll, I'll either have to forge one if I only get a nine. But, you know, you know yeah, it's going to be tricky. So it definitely increases. I can understand why like an, an unhealthy or less healthy or less exercise prone or older guy would use one of these things because it definitely increases kind of the rigidity of the erection. Yeah. My understanding uh, is yeah. the, the elasticness or the ring stops blood from leaving your penis as quickly. And so it can make your orgasms more intense, which is why I was trying it, or it can make your cock stay harder if you're struggling with that. And I don't understand why it doesn't make it harder for blood to flow in, but I guess... Oh, I think the blood flows in deeper or something. I, by the way, I sent you this link this week uh, because I've had this, uh, I think, poison oak rash. I finally broke down and did an online appointment with a doctor and um, got uh, prednisone, which mm-hmm. just you take like prednisone for yeah for a couple of days, and it's just yeah. like it's and unfortunately, uh, I checked with a family member who's a doctor, and it's it's not the right kind of steroid to build muscle. It actually destroys oh. muscle. <laughs> too <laughs> you want to not too take bad. too much? Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, I was, while, before going to a doctor, I was using Benadryl and I sent you this link. Apparently, <laughs> I didn't know this. First of all, Benadryl, it makes you sleepy. If you, you know, people famously give it to their kids to get them to sleep on planes and stuff like that. Uh-huh. If you take um, too much Benadryl, you hallucinate apparently. But there's an amount of Benadryl that people take that apparently dramatically increases their orgasm intensity. <laughs> Did you know yeah, about this? I skimmed this thing you sent me. Uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, dr- what does dramatically increase mean? I, I think it depends on the person, but I mean, like that's, uh, uh, you know, and something then, to be aware uh, of. When I take Benadryl, my, yeah, the main thing is I get very tired. So yeah. you probably want to wait long enough for it to, you know, get fully in your bloodstream and then try to masturbate, I guess, to test this. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, apparently this is a thing guys do. Like, I think you have, like, if a typical pill is 25 milligrams, I think you need to take, like, five of them or eight of them. It's more than you oh, kind God. of think you okay, ought to hold take. Hold on, hold on. Listeners, we are not doctors. Do not take 5-Benadryl. Well, don't do it on our advice. Like, go to a doctor and see. Say, doctor, should I take 5-Benadryl and then jerk <laughs> off? And if they say yes, well, it's yeah, Green advice. light. Right. I right, advise right. you to have that conversation with your doctor. Right. Uh, anyway, um, that's what these articles and it's it's posted in multiple places online that people like this is apparently like a fairly well-known huh. orgasm en- enhancer. Uh, it could also be like the cause of some level of autoerotic uh, death. So I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, I'm a little like, concerned I'm, about taking five Benadryl. That, I'm not sure it was five. Main. I know if you take like 10 or 15, you're going to hallucinate. Okay. Because it says in this, this link you sent me that it's 100 to 200 milligrams and I think a pill is... 20 25 yeah okay. so it's so it's four to eight four and then yeah so eight. i took i was yeah i was itching so much that i took three pills which you're not it's two is sort of the maximum uh-huh. uh and then i read about this the next day and i'm like damn it i should have yeah <laughs> i mean i couldn't sleep anyway i should have right 
taken advantage of having taken those three just to see if there was any boost. So maybe the right. next time you feel like you need Benadryl, you can just like try it with a lower dose uh, and just see if you get anything. Yeah, you might need a certain saturation before you get the uh, therapeutic effect. <laughs> it is a little hard to imagine. Like, does it last longer? Is it like you pass yeah. out? I mean, what happens? Do people speculate in this Reddit thread at all? They just give they just give personal experiences. Yeah. Some, some people say it didn't do anything for them. Some people say it's like amazing. Yeah. Some okay. people say they just heard about it. Um, so we have we also have this uh, this doc of uh, this person, this data from mm. an in-person mm-hmm. dating service where they went yeah. through date, data from 3,000 first dates. Um, do you want to go through this now, a little bit of it? Yeah. I, uh, there's a lot of data here, and it yeah. might actually be good that we're getting into this toward the end of the show. We have about sure. 12 minutes left, and yeah. yeah, splitting it over two shows might be good. So yeah, it's from some dating service called Mixmosa that was in the Texas area in 2021 and 2022. And he kept pretty careful records of what was going on. So, you know, various interesting things. Um, Women rate 72% of men as below average in physical attractiveness. That's And men rate (laughs) women basically on a normal curve where it's like half and half. You know, it's like they're what you would sort of think. 50% of women are below average in physical attractiveness, right? Uh, yeah. 29% of men and women haven't had sex in the past year. That is pretty surprising to me too. I think I have gone a year without sex in my adult life. I, I, I'm sure I've gone six months. I'm not sure if I've gone a year. Was it, but in your case, it was always, it's, I think to, it would be fair to say that in your case, it's like the case of a woman who does it, does it right. In other words, you, and it's not that you'd have to go hire a prostitute. It's like you could, there's like a, an organized process you could go through that takes a month, say. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that month, you will have had sex, something right. like that. Whereas for a lot, I would actually venture that for like more than half of guys who are in that state, the six month to a year dry spell, it's not like that. It's like right. they, they can't. aside from paying for it, there's nothing they can do. Yeah. It's sort of like how every guy is when they're like 14. Right. Basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty intolerable when I was 14. I was like, I just need a vagina, any vagina, and it would make me so Mm -hmm. happy. And it would, it would like, yeah, we'd get frustrated that that wasn't available. I wanted there to be a MILF. That's what I I was, I like would, I I would walk home from school sometimes and I had to Uh walk like a mile and a half by all these houses. And I I actually had a fantasy that like, there would just be some woman, I didn't really care how old, well, I mean, reasonable age. Yeah. Yeah. Experienced woman who would just be like, Hey, yeah, let's go have sex. Yeah. Yeah, it's a anyway. very popular porn trope now. Yes. Um, yes. All right. What else um, does he say? He says, um, yeah, so they did, I, I guess the premise of this site was they would do eight minute long speed dates. Yeah. And men would like 51% of the women they spoke to, and women would like 31% of the men. So again, and, yeah, we're and seeing, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go, well, yeah, again, we're seeing women are much more selective. They are yeah, interested in far fewer men are, than men are the women. Right. They have, he shows a graph. I mean, we'll post this uh, link in the show notes, but like the, there's a graph here also, which shows the probability. Like if you're a guy and you're on one of these eight minute speed dates, what is, you know, what is the, is basically it's answering the question, is there a guy that every woman likes? Is there a woman that every guy likes? Yeah, there is. <laughs> and yeah. it's, you can imagine who it's going to be. It's going to be the, 
very attractive woman. But there essentially is no guy that everyone, every woman likes, which I think yeah. is really interesting, right? Like, so that means that's, I guess that's right, but it's a little bit rough, right? Like the, the notion that there is, that it, it suggests actually that women have a random process to some extent to me because yeah, it's like, like R- Ryan Gosling or, or Ronaldo can walk into the room and uh, according to this, like 60% of women would be like, eh. <laughs> right. And there is no. Even if you're like, yeah, so even if you're attractive and then you say you're just a really good conversationalist, there is always something you will say. It's like some sort of like physics concept that will turn off some percentage, at least 20, say 30% of the women, no matter what you do. You're going to look like their brother. You're going to remind them of their ex. There's some random factor. And this strongly supports um, a notion that I've heard many times that like that, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a, it's yeah, quantity becomes important in dating. Basically, you you yeah, as a, guys have to learn to accept re- rejection because like it's just baked in to the to the situation. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and it was saying that uh, yeah, a man having tolerance to accept rejection is good both in investing and in dating because yeah, the more chances you take, the more yeah, the higher probability you have of landing something. Yeah, I I I rem- I, I've also heard the theory for dating. I was talking about this with a friend the other day that it's not even that like okay you, that potentially it's not even it's random enough that it's just how the woman's feeling that that day. So uh, you go, let's say you go to a bar or whatever series of whatever series of locations, and you talk to you make yourself talk to ten women that are sort of there alone. Yeah, or twenty or fifty. <laughs> Good luck the, finding the, ten single women, but yeah, sure. But if you did that experiment with, if you could in principle do it with the same women across like three months, and they didn't remember you, it was like that that movie yeah, no. Fifty First Dates or whatever. I see where you're going. Different here. women would like you <laughs> because it's actually a question of their relationship status, what happened that morning, where they are in their hormonal cycle. Like, there's all these things that like impact it. And so, the point being that as a guy you could make the argument to really not take this stuff personally because it's possible it's not even what you said. It's possible. So so a piece right. of data I don't think is here, but would be interesting is like, were there women that just said no to everyone? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so is there, or were there women that come to the speed dating thing and they're like, yeah, I'm just not feeling it today. Like yeah, my, that data is yeah. not here. Um, right. That would be interesting. Yeah, if there was like some 10% of women that just basically were, were in, uh, I don't know what to call it, a bad mood that day. Or, right. Th- and they just... Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Right. They might self-select out. Like those women might not have gone to these events then or may not have participated in these events. Like, do you think women can tell when they're feeling that way? I, I think to some extent, to some extent. But I mean, I know from personal experience that like it's, it, I think that there's a bit of a skill to realizing that you have a an emotional state that is a consequence of some like of course, it's all internal to your body, but something that isn't a thing you thought about that's hormonal or something that that, that doesn't seem contextual to to your thought process. Yeah. Um, so this data does say that, I mean, yeah. It's, so I, I wanted to also say as a meta point that this stuff supports, there's a TikTok account uh, in my sad usage of TikTok mm-hmm. that I I watch sometimes that is called Ho Math. And you said that's related to boy math and girl math. Which are, I, pre- I presume this is a offshoot follow-on to that meme, right? Those and this memes. guy spells ho h o e, not h o. I, I always 
would spell it H O, but so it's H O E underscore math. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he's always making these points that basically women have, because women have s- such a selectivity bias vis-a-vis men and because of the, uh, as opposed to this first date, eight minute conversation thing, now we're using apps and so forth. It makes it so that the algorithms that women use or whatever the, the process they use because of their selectivity winds up making them all select the same guys. Mm-hmm. And so he's making sort of the incel critique, but you can sort of see that. So people can look and like compare the data that's in this article with the arguments this guy makes on TikTok if they, if they really want to bone up on this. But for example, with attractiveness, just like, um, just like the, m- m- the men basically rate women on a normal curve, but women rate men on some sort of skewed curve where men are all pretty unattractive or they're much less likely to be attractive. You have the same thing where like the most attractive women are more likely to get likes from guys. And it's true for the men too. It's just sort of skewed. So it's like, oh, the most attractive uh, don't get, you know, get fewer likes. Like the whole curve is sort of skewed down. And of course, one of the things he doesn't do is he just takes, here he takes the quartiles. He doesn't consider the top 5% most attractive. And I strongly suspect well, it, there may I mean, be even more, strongly, more clustering than what we're seeing here. Yeah. In other words, I think that I, I, so, so for example, he's showing that the most attractive quarter of guy, women are liked by 70% of the men, which makes sense. I'm actually surprised that's not higher. Um, the most attractive quarter of women, of men are liked by 40% of the women, but I suspect the most attractive 5% of the men, like that there's some sort of skew at the end there. Because yeah. there's the women are all basically attracting yeah. I mean, the same guy. This yeah. is basically a disaster, right? Like I know on Tinder and Bumble and Hinge, there are three times as many men as women. So there's way yeah. more men seeking. And then women are only choosing the most attractive amongst those men. And they have, you know, at least three times as much interest. And because they're doing this, you know, weird uh evaluation criteria that yeah it's effectively 10 times as much selection and so yeah it's really <laughs> not great out i was actually for... thinking about this as regards cooper's ligaments mm-hmm. and i was wondering well how did shit like that even evolve I, it must be because it actually made the babies more likely to survive because men would impregnate a woman whether or not she had cooper's ligaments making her breasts less droopy right like while men have a preference for less droopy breasts, I don't think it's going to make any difference. Like they're they're all going to get impregnated still, right? It's tricky. Maybe, the, these things evolve in in tandem, right? Like the Cooper's yeah, ligaments evolve, and then the man's preferences evolve. Yeah. Okay. But they. Yeah, I hear you. It's sort of surprise. On some level, it surprises me. But you can see there's some sort of first principles thing here of like, where did female attractive attractiveness even come from, like? If all women, and I think the answer has to be something like, well, the more attractive women, the guy is, they all get impregnated, but the more attractive ones, the guys would care for the babies or something like that. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, yeah, like an unattractive woman prehistorically still is going to be pregnant all the time. Yeah. 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 What is the evolutionary benefit of attractiveness? I think it has to be, yeah, like resources. For yeah, for her, for the baby, for sort of dealing with her. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe it just happens to be that the way our body perceives fertility now, because people would still have sex with with un, like things they perceive as less fertile. Yeah, I don't know. 
I'm not sure. Yeah, female attractiveness. I mean, like for example, have you visited Iceland, Keith? I think you have. Yeah, you, I have, of course yeah. you have. So in Iceland, they have these exhibits. It's it's kind of funny. Uh, I think I saw it at the main museum in Reykjavik and maybe one other place where mm-hmm. they kind of proudly tell you that like their women, the, our women are super attractive because the Vikings would go to Ireland and steal all the most attractive women. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And they basically like, they're like, yeah, look, this is just why we're so great looking. Um, oh. Or they, sorry, Iceland, the right way to say it is Icelandic women look like what Vikings liked in like the 1300s <laughs> um, in right. Ireland. Um, Which, but the point is that like, yeah, so that's another, I mean, there, there are also impacts like that that impact attractiveness that like, yeah, prized females might have been sort of gathered. Yeah, <laughs> or you know, like if you're if you're if you're invading a town, you kill ev- all the men, you kill all the boys, and then you do something different with the women depending on their. Tra- I mean, so there can be other things that create selective pressure. Is the point? That was a good word choice there. Are you aware of the app in Iceland that tells you if you're cousins with somebody? There was a lot yes. of accidental inbreeding, apparently. Um, Although I, I've yeah, recently read population. that second and third cousins might have more. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying what I read. I'm not. I'm not advocating for this. Second and third cousins. Second and third cousin babies might have more positive traits than than negative. From the inbreeding. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you wonder what the cause of that would be. I mean, what do you mean by positive traits? I don't know. Like higher incidence. I, one of the issues with uh, like sibling children and first cousin children is you get various birth recessive traits yeah Yeah, and recessive traits um but apparently with second and third cousins you get a much higher like genius rate uh and some other thing anyway i mean the question the question i would have about that would be is that just because you're taking a family where everybody's really smart and then you're basically yeah, inbreeding them be. and you're going to yeah. get, you're going to get like, you're increasing the standard deviation or something of, of the yeah, result. Like how do you even do the study, right? Like you would need people. If you took second had... cousins of people that were really dumb, I don't think they were, <laughs> you're going to get a lot of geniuses out of that, but maybe. <laughs> Suddenly uh, Oppenheimer <laughs> appears. All right. With yeah, that, exactly. I'll do it for this episode of Your Mileage May Vary. Uh, you can send us feedback or questions to ymmvpod at gmail.com. That's ymmvpod at gmail.com. We pay $10 for any feedback, even if it's bad. We especially like bad feedback since it's more actionable. Uh, just give us your PayPal or, or Venmo or whatever. And if you ask a question, let us know if we can use it on the show. We appreciate your you taking the time to listen to our little show here. And we look forward to having you back next week on Your Mileage May Vary. Je me rends